Where do we start this week? What a boring opening ceremony of the Qatar World Cup. What a boring game between the host Qatar and Ecuador. Some of us are just waiting for Qatar to break all the records. I mean, for now, South Africa, we are the only host who have been kicked or knocked out of the, the first round. Now Qatar has rewritten history books, becoming the only or the first host to lose their opening game at home in front of their supporters. What did we expect? But Saturday we saw something akin to Rastumisane. Uh, this was before the Springboks annihilated uh, Italy in front of their own supporters. But the focus was on the national, t- uh, national anthem when one Nicole apparently allegedly butchered the national team. It reminded people of Rus Rose de Misan in way 2009 in France. Uh, but uh, at least this time the Springboks, although they couldn't sing along with Nicole as they, they always do when it comes to the national anthem, uh, they went on to win the game. Uh, the big one this, this coming weekend, the Springboks against English. Uh, this one is one of the one that everyone is waiting for. I was watching England versus New Zealand when they pull off an impressive draw with the last kick of the game uh, uh, last Saturday against the mighty all New Zealand. But that is rugby. We are in the World Cup this week. Yo, Sadio Mane, number one and number two in the world. Number two, Sadio Mane was ruled out before. Last week, this week, just on the eve of the tournament, Karim Benzema, the reigning Ballon d'Or winner, uh, also ruled out. This is a World Cup of misfortunes. So many big players are missing out from, from this event. Uh, I think we all have said it, that uh, the timing, you move straight from uh, club football, straight into international football. Hey, by the way, Bafana Bafana were playing against Angola. I saw they scored a penalty that game that they drew uh, one all. But we are not here to talk about Bafana Bafana this week. We're talking about Sira stuff. Sira stuff is happening in Qatar while we're playing friendly matches here at home. As always, uh, in this Team Spirit uh, segment, I'm not alone. Dumela. Jumela Spirit, and as always, thanks for welcoming me on your platform of the Team Spirit podcast. Your first impressions of Qatar? Yo, as the saying goes, uh, first impressions last, but, well, I'm not sure exactly how can I put it, how Qatar started, you know, a boring game, disappointed for a team that we were told was in camp for six months preparing for a tournament. But you know how Qatar played in that opening match. They deserve uh, to start on a losing note, really. But uh, as you always know uh, that as South Africa, we went to Brazil in 2010. We went to Germany holding camps. Camps are different from official matches. I was not surprised to see Qatar. I mean, they are not a football nation. The question is still being asked, why did the World Cup go to Qatar? 
Absolutely. So you see now, it, it, it sort of make those allegations to hold that, uh, you know, those guys allegedly bought the vote to have the World Cup there. I mean, where else in the world have you seen such a small city of uh, less than a population of less than 3 million people, we are told. And, uh, you know, with that number, that's the visitors that you actually expect when you are hosting the World Cup. And, yeah, really, it doesn't make sense for such a tiny uh, country to host the World Cup, unless if it was a joint bid, then you would understand. Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, the event is underway. We saw on Sunday the host, the... Uh, going down to Ecuador on Monday, England versus Carlos Quiroz, 6-1. Yo, what a hammering. I, I didn't, well, it was expected that England will win that fixture, but, you know, with such a heavy margin, it wasn't expected. And, you know, like the weirdest thing about all this, we, we just spoke about Qatar and uh, now Iran. Who do you expect that? they'll take advantage of playing in their own region by giving us better performances. Or maybe, let's say, maybe Iran was undone by um, uh, that injury to their goalkeeper. But, I mean, it was already one way through to goal for, uh, for England. So, yeah, but uh, it is disappointing that uh, you have those, the teams from the Gulf not really showing us any signs that they could even be surprise packages of the tournament? Well, the first African team in action, reigning African champions, without their star player, their captain, uh, Sadio Mane, going down to the Netherlands. Uh, these are two countries that obviously expected to go through from, from this group. It was disappointing how Senegal, they played well, but as we always say, uh, it's not over until the final whistle. This is what Senegal failed to do. They played well, didn't take their chances, but they have a chance uh, to redeem themselves against Ecuador come the Friday, but it is a make or break for them. Yes, absolutely. I think um, Senegal let their guard down. I mean, that, that uh, game should have been at least you know, at West, a, a goalless draw. They should have managed those last few stages of the game because I think they really gave their all against, you know, it was a, just a two-tactical game from both sides. I think they've studied each other so well until, you know, those two moments which you can partly blame the goalkeeper for the two goals, but Senegal should have done better, you know, by just holding off at least for a goalless draw, knowing very well that anywhere else where you can get points in Group A is against Qatar and possibly Ecuador. But like you say, they have the chance to redeem themselves against the host on Friday. That's the game where Senegal should just go for, you know, maximum points and goals at least because, uh, I mean, you can rule... Ecuador out at your own peril. They are not a bad team because, you know, with that Anna Valencia, he's shown that every single space that is given in the box, he's such a sniper, he can, you know, kill you real death. 
Please don't remind me of uh, our own Kolokotovajani. You know, we need such a coaches in the World Cup who will give us those quotable quotes. Should we, or as, as, as Senegal, now we're talking as Africans, we saw Valencia leaving the game uh, heavily strapped. That injury, uh, is it a placing in disguise for Senegal that he might miss the game? And if he does miss the game, does this give them a chance? Yes, I think so, because that Ecuador team, even, uh, they've shown that they are just not a one-man team. But I think Valencia's injury was a result of being targeted by the Qatarians, because I think they did him dirty there by just knocking him. All, uh, every time, you know, every touch on the ball, they, they, they sort of bumped into him. And, uh, yeah, it was reflected by the many yellow cards they got. And most of those yellow cards that Qatar got was because of uh, the fouls on Valencia. Yes, and uh, also on Friday, I think against, uh, should he make it to be fully fit to play against the Netherlands? He's got Virgil van, van Dijk to, to deal with him in that game. And yeah, you know, that's the result where the Netherlands can also play a role in ensuring that, you know, Senegal follow them through as perhaps uh, another qualifier in Group A. Two more African teams uh, before the weekend. Uh, we are now looking at Morocco and Ghana against Portugal. I think it's a big one for the African continent. Should we have hope that at least one of them will progress beyond the group stages? Let's not lose hope. Anything can happen. Ghana, Portugal... Quite a tricky fixture, but yeah, let's see how this whole mood in the Portugal camp has been impacted on by, you know, this world attention on Cristiano Ronaldo and his affairs at Man United. But again, you know, uh, like with Ghana, uh, they showed previously, particularly in the World Cup that we hosted, uh, remember nobody gave them a chance until they were undone by that uh, silly Lu, uh, Suarez handball, maybe they can sort of uh, draw inspiration for, from, from the spirit of 2010 and, you know, keep on surprising us. Yes, we, where we are also looking at Morocco, Tunisia and Cameroon uh, to make us proud. Let's see uh, particularly Rigobert Song's uh, Indomitable Lions, how they do. And um, yeah, let's hope they can uh, have it done against Switzerland on Thursday? So far, the focus has been on technology. We all expected football to evolve from those days to where it is now, the introduction of VAR. And now the referees have been told strictly to observe time. We've seen matches going beyond 100 minutes, uh, breaking all the previous records. Uh, it's like they're playing extra time, extra 30 minutes, uh, extra time, but this is not the case. It's all because of all this time wasting. They, When you players they make substitutes, when they delay the tactics, referees have been told to watch the clock. So far, is this the right way to do it? Yes, uh, time wasting is something else in football, and I think many coaches uh, in particular have always complained about that. But give it to the late Ted Dimitri, you know, uh, the vintage Ted once actually suggested that, that, you know, the time that is being wasted on throw-ins 
should be looked at and you know be included as added on time when you look especially uh, uh, you know how it affects a, a team that is trailing obviously it's a happy moment for whoever will be leading in the game but give it to uh, the vintage Ted I still remember you once argued that that FIFA must consider the time that is particularly wasted on throw-ins where you'll have a player leaving the ball behind for someone to come from near the halfway uh, center circle to come and take a throw-in that's so much time wasted and uh, yeah I think it's a good call for them but uh, I think sometimes they must also be sort of lenient and leave some other raw moments in football like you know that offside uh, that in the opening game you know it denied the tournament one uh, its fastest goal because that third minute goal by Ecuador anyone would have in their right mind you know just let it go because yeah uh, with the naked eye there was no clear offside there really. So our own Simpue Chawalala still holds the best open game of goal of the World Cup. Do you think so? Do you agree? I think so because, uh, yeah, <laughs> going back to what is happening in Qatar, yes, uh, give it to Valencia, a brilliant header for uh, one of his two goals. And then, yeah, we saw another, you know, cracker of a goal in the, in the England hammering of Iran. But yes... Sticking to the opening goal, Shaba did, you know, gave the world something we'll never forget in the longest time. But I saw some uh, throw-ins there. Uh, I don't think this is how they are prescribed in the rule book of FIFA. It's like they just, well, it's a throw, but the way they throw it, it's like they're throwing a javelin. Yeah, reading uh, through Law 15, it doesn't, yeah, it says... The ball must come behind and over the ball. But yeah, like you are right, what we saw. Well, I think this is all what we had for, 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 for us uh, this week. Don't forget to visit all our social media platforms. Go to citypress.co.za for all the hits and misses of Team Spirit, proudly brought to you by City Press. I'm off to Qatar to have an alcohol zero beverage at the stadium. Thank you, Team Spirit. I'll come to, I don't know whether to rescue you or to come jail you out because you won't make it. <laughs>